0: Amen. Well, this morning, I want to talk to you over the topic of one more year. And we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 13, Luke chapter 13, verses 6 through 9. You know, all of us, I think at your job, you probably have an annual review. <clears throat> at the end of the year, you kind of get through with a supervisor and go over... Maybe some goals that were set for you for 2018 and see how you did. And You did good in this area. You know, maybe in this area, hey, you know what, let's, let's work a little harder. We'll work together. You know, we, we all go through reviews. Even in our household that this past <clears throat> week, my wife and I were, we were just talking about some of the goals that we have for 2019. Uh, you know, you always work on, you know, getting rid of debt, right? Maybe getting out of debt maybe you got to do some things for our house like we do uh we talked about boy we got to save for Seth's graduation you think 2020 is just around the corner um and so there there's there's things that 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 we talk about that you know we we take time to discuss <clears throat> you know these are the goals that we want to meet this is a you know look back at how we did in 2018 and what we can do better in 2019 and, and, and those, are, those are good discussions to have, by the way. Those are very good discussions to have. So as we end this year, it's a, I think it's a great time to reflect on our lives and to do an annual review ourselves. You know, Again, we know that it's important to our professional growth at our jobs to have a review, right? But I think it's even more important to our spiritual growth. We, we need to look back and see spiritually, how, how do how did we do in 2018? And, and I think it's important that we be very honest with ourselves. Very honest with ourselves. Because I know that I would say, why well, not? I, I did all right. I did all right. But sometimes, you know, we, we, we kind of give ourselves a pass when it comes to this. Because I think that many people, if we were honest with ourselves, we might say, you know what? I took a giant step back in 2018 spiritually. I, you know, I may have taken two steps back. Now, it's important that, that we review ourselves, review our growth, because we know this because God himself is reviewing our lives. God is reviewing our lives. Luke chapter 13, beginning with verse 6, says this, Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. But if not, then cut it down. So Jesus told a parable in which he describes the frustration of the owner of a vineyard who had invested in a fig tree, had nurtured it, had had, had cared for it, but for three consecutive years, it had failed to bear fruit. The owner had been patient. He had waited three full seasons and had no return on his investment. He had invested time, Effort, money, and no return on their money. Eventually, he had had enough. I've had it. The tree was using up space and soil that could have been used for another plant. So he decided it should be cut down. And I'm tired. Because I'm tired of waiting. No return on my investment. This is it. I'm going to cut it down. However, the man, the parable says, the man who tended the vineyard pleaded that this tree may have one more chance. One more year. Just give it another chance to bring forth fruit. Just one more, one more year. One more chance. Now, th- this parable, this story has, has an application. First, to the nation of Israel... Israel is a privileged nation, having been chosen by God, and having received God's blessings and direction throughout their history. Israel has refused to repent of its ways, despite God's goodness, despite God's patience. See, but there's also a personal application for each of us here today. This also applies to us today. See, we are the ones that are being given one more year to bear fruit. One more year to bear fruit. We, 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 are, we are being given that opportunity, perhaps our last opportunity, to bear fruit. Now, here are a couple of things that we need to learn from this story. <clears throat> Some Principles. First of all, we have to face the fact that God calls each of us to bear fruit. No one gets a pass. Okay, no one gets a pass. God calls each one of us to bear fruit. Because in verse six. This is what he says. A man had a had a had a fig tree growing in his vineyard and he went to look for fruit on it. But did not find any. So God calls each one of us to bear fruit. And then secondly, another principle is this. There is a limit to God's patience. There's a limit to God's patience. Because in verse 7, as we reread that, he says, So he took the man... He said to the man who took care of the vineyard, "For three years now, I've been, I've been coming to look for fruit on this victory, and haven't found any. Cut it down," he says. "Cut it down." See, there's there's a limit to God's patience. You ever met a you ever met a patient person? Someone who's so patient, real patient. But even that type of person, there's a limit to that, their patience sometimes, right? Sometimes when they say something and they get upset, it's like, wow, where'd that come from? It's like, wow. Last Sunday, we're, the funny story last Sunday, we were taking pictures of family and we were waiting on Micah to come, you know, come on, Micah, hurry, hurry. He walks in. You he, he kind of snapped. Well, I was putting up stuff. Like, Whoa. <laughs> wow. He surprised us because he was like, I was busy putting up stuff. That's why I wasn't here. Okay, okay, I'm sorry, sorry. My bad. See, there, there, there's, there's a limit to God's patience. See, this is one of the main teachings of, of, this, of this, of teachings here, that we are called to bear fruit. And, then, and not only that we're called to bear fruit, But there are consequences for being unfruitful. There are consequences for being unfruitful. John 15, beginning with verse 1. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is a gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes So that it will be even more fruitful. So there's consequences for being unfruitful. There's a price to pay. See, God is looking for the fruit of repentance. In Luke chapter 13, verse 3, Jesus said this. Unless you repent, you too will perish. Then he repeats it in verse 5. Then he tells the story of the unfruitful fig tree to illustrate this point. We must repent. We must repent. God is looking for the fruit of repentance. Matthew chapter 3, beginning with verse 10, reads like this. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, we uh, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees. And every tree that that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. So God is looking for the fruit of repentance. So this morning, let me ask you this. Have you repented of your sin? See, there's a difference. Someone who just feels, oh, I feel bad. Well, all of us feel bad at some point. But have you repented of your sin? Are you living a life full of repentance that is expressed every day? Are you repenting daily? Because we sin daily. Are you repenting daily? Or is is there too much pride for you to acknowledge that you need God? Man, if I repent daily, that means I really need God. And I don't think I need God that much. See, pride will keep you from repenting. People who never repent are those who are trusting in their own goodness, their own wisdom, their own strength. They, they they live their lives as if God doesn't exist. They say God is you know God is here that God exists. They say they believe in God, but they live their lives as if God does not exist. So God is looking for the fruit of repentance. Are you repenting? Do you repent? And what this story tells us is that people who don't repent are headed for destruction. People who do not repent are headed for destruction. So we must repent. See, but repentance... (coughs) is not the only fruit God is expecting from us. God is looking for us to use our talents and abilities for His kingdom and for His glory. God is looking for us to use our talents and our abilities for His kingdom and for His glory. John 15, 8 says, this is my father's glory, that you bear much fruit, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, all of us, all of us, we all have talents and abilities from God that can be used in his kingdom. You are gifted in an area. And I know, I've said it before, and I hear people say it all the time. Oh, but I don't have any talents. I don't have any skills. I can't sing. I can't play the guitar. I can't play the piano. Like, if those were the only things that God gives people. We all have talents and abilities that can be used in his kingdom. They can be used to reach the unsaved. They can be used to serve the church. What are you doing with those talents and abilities? Because one day we'll have to give an account to God. We will have to give an account to God of the talents, of the abilities that we have been given. Are you using them for God or only for yourself? You know, maybe you have a, have a charismatic personality that allows you to make friends easily. I look around, and some of you make friends easily. Edward makes friends with everybody. I mean, there could be a, a tree there. He'd go out there and make friends with a tree in your How do you know so-and-so? Oh, yeah, you know. We were talking last week. And there's a, a, a local pastor here from a church and told him, oh, yeah, Edward, yeah. Edward's your cousin? Yeah, I know Edward. That's why How do you know him? Oh, because I, I met him here at the Y or something, you know. It, you, you, you may have that type of personality that you make friends with people, that, that you're always, you go to the store, you make, you're talking to somebody. You may go somewhere else and you're talking to someone else. You know someone and you make friends easily. I mean, you, you just make friends. You know, you could use that skill, that gift, to invite your friends to church to come hear about Jesus. Maybe you're good with your hands, and you can build and fix anything. You, you, you've got that ability. You could use that to help widows or single moms who need help maybe with their cars or with home maintenance. You've got You've got skill. Maybe you love children and you have a way with them. Because we're all former children, right? You could use that to teach children or care for infants and toddlers in our church. You just, you have a way with kids. You, you, you love kids. Maybe you love to cook. If you love to cook, you're my friend. And, and you're most comfortable in the kitchen. You could use that ability to serve those who need meals in a time of need. You see, it's not just about, you know, these talents and skills that are, that are visible to people. Oh, I'm not up there. You know, I don't preach. I don't sing. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't play anything. You know, to a certain extent, anybody can do these things, really. It's, it's those things that God has gifted you with. That you need to be using them for God's kingdom. Because God is looking for us to use our abilities, our talents, for his kingdom and for his glory. So what are you doing with your skills and talents? What are you doing with that skill and talent? Because I think we've already concluded that everyone is skilled in some area. God has gifted everyone in an area. So what are you doing? Again, one day... We'll have to, the Bible says that one day we will have to give an account for every careless word that we say. We will have to give an account for every careless word that we say. So we have to give an account for every careless word we say. We will have to give an account for our, our talents, our skills. What have we done with those? So God is looking for you, for me, to ask us, hey, what have you done with your talent? The thing is that we're not expected to bear this fruit alone. Because if we go back to the original text, the gardener told the owner, give me one more year. I'll dig around and fertilize it. The gardener is Jesus. Hebrews 7.25 says this, tells us that Jesus lives to make intercession for us to God. In other words, Jesus is interceding on our behalf. He digs around. He tries to make us productive. He's working in our lives. See, we have no excuse for being unfruitful. We will have all the advantages to allow us to bear fruit. God is wanting us to grow. You know, Sometimes when you face the difficult issues in your life, we may say, oh man, God has forgotten me. No, it's the opposite. God has, has you on his mind that he's using a situation because he wants you to grow. He wants you to, he wants you to be productive. He wants you to be better. He's, he's challenging us. I, don't, you know, I, I'm, I love sports and I don't know how many times I, I've, I hear of players say, man, my coach... When I was growing up it was hard on me because he knew I could be good. I was listening to an interview a couple of days ago. Uh, Steve Alfred, who was a head coach basketball coach at UCLA. <clears throat> when he came out of Indiana, he was a star basketball player in high school. Went to play at Indiana University under Bob Knight. If you're a basketball fan, Bobby Knight was a legendary coach. He's retired, but he was hard, even cruel sometimes. See, Alfred says, and he's a head coach at a major university, he says, you know, I was 18 years old, and Coach Knight was coaching me. Man, he was hard on me. He was hard on me. I'd have a... He goes, I'd have what I thought was a good game. He goes, and I'd come back to the bench and time out. And he starts with me. He goes, when are you going to start playing basketball? When are you going to start improving? I wasted a scholarship on you. He tell him. He was always, because he knew, he says, Coach Knight knew that I could be better than what I was showing. And he would, he would push me, he would push me, he would push me to be the best that I could be. See, sometimes... God allows certain things in our life because he's challenging you. He wants you to be fruitful. You have so much potential, but if it were up to you, things wouldn't get done. So what are you doing with your talents and abilities? Every year, God looks at your life for fruit. Every year, God looks at your life for fruit. What is he finding? What is he deciding about your life? Man, I've given this, this person plenty of opportunity. No fruit. Will he give you one more year? Or will he decide it's time to go? It's time to go. See, God is patient. But there's a limit to his patience. See, don't mistake God's patience... For indifference. Don't mistake. God's patience. For indifference. Second Peter three nine says this. The Lord is not slow. In keeping his promises. As some understand slowness. Instead. He is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish. But everyone. To come. To repentance. Repentance. See, God doesn't forget. He's not slow in keeping His promises. He, the Bible says He is patient with you. God is patient with you. You know, growing up, I, when I would get in trouble at home as young, little, <coughs> I always hoped that my parents would forget. And I wouldn't get punished. I always, you know, would, that was my hope, my prayer, my desire. That mom or dad would forget. And if I did something early in the day, I'm, I was hoping that by the evening it would be forgotten. And I never, never worked. <laughs> never happened. They never forgot. Especially my mom. You know, you, you, and she's not here this morning because, of, you know, it's cold and she doesn't get out. And You see her now and you may look at her and say, wow, how could she have been so strict? Look at her. She's, you know, elderly now. And Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> she was. <laughs> she was. In her day, she could bring it. She could bring it. A pull here, a pinch there, talking in charge. You know, she could bring it. Lectures. Oh, yeah, I had plenty of those. Lectures, and I would hope that my parents would forget, but they, they never did when it came to that. A few weeks ago, <clears throat> I would see my mom, and well, she loves to read. And I, you know, she's in her room reading the Bible, and I said, "Other than Bible, mom, what what book are you reading?" When she brings out her books, she's reading a stack of books. It was the book that she was reading. Uh, Beverly Johnson, I believe. Uh, she showed me the title of it. Um, I think something about crisis will come, but uh, something like uh, having a good having a good attitude is is optional. So that uh, sounds like, and she started telling me about the author and kind of gave me a little history on on the author of the book. And you know, but I think about that, and I was growing up, and I would. I always hoped that my parents would forget about me getting in trouble, but they rarely did. I was never. Sometimes we want God to forget. The Bible says that the Lord is, slow, is not slow in keeping his promises. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone, everyone to come to repentance. So in conclusion, let me just share this. A decision is being made about your life. Will it be one more year? Now, this is not a scare tactic, okay? This is not a scare tactic. This is reality. You know, God has taken some beautiful people in 2018 from our church. Looking back at 2018 as a church, it was... Perhaps a challenge. I still see James Tatum sitting back there. You know. I I can still hear his voice. Say, hey, preacher man. Preacher man. You did a good job. Thanks, James. I I still see Sister Emma sitting there. And I would give her a hard time. God forgive me. <laughs> I was here at the store late at night. Sometimes they'd she'd be, sister, you need to be going home. Don't be hanging around the store so long. I would send Bernice a text. Hey, I saw, I saw your mom here at the store. Oh, mom, I tell her to go to the store early. I, I think she's got a boyfriend over here, Bernice. I'm thinking she's got a boyfriend on, on aisle 18 over here. I'm Oh, but, but she, could, she could dish it back. No, believe me. She could. Fruitful believers. Fruitful believers. So, a decision is being made about my life and your life. Is it going to be one more year? God looking for fruit. Only God knows. But only you can decide if it's time for you to bear fruit. The fruit that God is looking for in your life. God is looking for us to bear fruit. I want us to pray today. I'm going to ask Micah to come to the piano. <clears throat> and I'm going to give us an opportunity to come together like I do. When I, I love for us to come together as a family, as a church family, and just worship God. And I want us to pray right now. And I want you to be brutally honest with God today. And I say that because God already knows we can't, we can't fool God. Be brutally honest with God today. See, God, I haven't. My fruit bearing hasn't been good. It hasn't been good. But today, you, you, you can decide if it's time for you to bear fruit. You can make that decision today and not just make that decision, but put it into action. You can do that today. Would you pray with me? Would you pray with me? Father... We bless you today, God. I bless you today. Thank you for your word, my God. I thank you for your patience with me. Because I look back at my life and you've been so patient with me. You've not treated me the way I deserve to be treated. Been patient with me. You've been waiting on me, God, to bear fruit. You've been waiting on me. And today I pray for your children. Holy Spirit, and do the work that only you can do. If it's convicting. Do it. If it's reminding us, do that, my God. Help us today, Father, to determine to bear fruit. We must bear fruit. We must use our talent and skills for your glory. We must. We must. pray for your children today, God. May we bear fruit